It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. 2.37 is the time right now in the KSL newsroom. In just a moment, we'll be having a conversation with Matt Gephardt from uh, KSL Television, investigative reporter there. He's made some remarkable discoveries in terms of the new businesses that have popped up over the past year. Before we get to that conversation, though, we do have breaking news, and it comes in the form of a media Q&A just recently delivered by uh, Provo Police Department spokesperson, public information officer, Sergeant Nisha King, again with the Provo Police. Uh, she speaking briefly back and forth with reporters. I want you to hear the entirety of that exchange. Uh, this, uh, Sergeant Nisha King with the Provo Police. Um, my understanding is the suspect had barricaded at some point, but shortly thereafter, our officers made contact and took him into custody. Suspect was shot? Officer was shot as well as the suspect, yes. Um, shortly thereafter as well, our officer was transported to the hospital as well as the suspect um, was transported by EMTs. Do you know? Officer condition, was he talking? He was talking, yes. Do so, you know the extent of his injuries to this point? We don't. Um, I, I do know that he walked out of the building, so that's a, a good thing. Right. Yeah, have you ever been here before? What do you know about anything else from the 911 calls? You said you had a bunch of them. Yeah, we had numerous calls. Like I said, a lot of them were third-party callers, so not anyone who was necessarily witnessing it, just receiving third-party information from people who were reportedly on scene. So numerous, I can't tell you the exact number. Was suspect inside alone? I don't, I, I, I'm not sure of that. Does he have connections to the apartment? That, I, I, I do believe he does. Uh, known to you guys, you guys, you know, had incidents with him? I'm not familiar at this point with that portion of it. What happens over the next couple hours here? So, obviously, we, we're concerned of the status of our officer as well as the suspect of injuries. Um, but in the meantime, um, I will say we're extraordinarily appreciative of all the assistance that we've received from numerous agencies all throughout the county. Um, AP and P are here to assist. We've got detectives from multiple agencies and other officers who are from other agencies in the county assisting with taking calls, other calls from our citizens. So it, as, the, as things progress, obviously the investigation will continue. Preliminarily. Suspects in custody, is he at the hospital in custody? Correct, okay. yes. How many years has the officer served for you guys? Approximately two years. Any preliminary information about the suspect or what do you know about? I, I don't have any of that yet. Okay. So just uh, just in case people are just joining us, can you just walk us through what the initial was and then what happened as soon as officers arrived? So I don't I don't have the specific details. What I can tell you though is after you know the, the individual was taken into custody, both parties were transported to the hospital. Um, um, at this point, there is there we believe there's no continuing danger to the public as well. So at this point, it, the invest investigation will ensue. Um, we will have the officer-involved critical incident team that will come out as well to assist with that investigation. There you have it, an update delivered to the media by Provo City Police Sergeant Nisha King, uh, public information officer on the events 
uh, that have unfolded in Provo, leaving an officer and a suspect right now uh, in hospital, uh, both having sustained gunshot wounds. Uh, and that's what we know. Currently, uh, KSL News Radio's Paul Nelson is on scene, and throughout the afternoon, he'll be delivering updates. And uh, anywhere else we're able to collect information, you can count on hearing it right here on KSL News Radio. Now, uh, on to the topic at hand. We only have a, a few minutes here to get through this conversation. My apologies to, to you, Matt. Uh, we have uh, some some fascinating findings that you have uncovered in terms of uh, businesses and the creation of businesses over the past stretch of time. My my, my layman understanding of things and my predictions were that, uh, that 2020 had been pretty difficult on Utah businesses. And while that is certainly true, some of the bounce back has been just jaw-droppingly impressive. What have you found? That's basically how this whole thing began for us was a bit of a damage assessment was what kind of businesses have closed. Certainly nothing's opened was, right. was my mindset going into this. And in fact, we have seen record numbers of businesses opening in the state of Utah in the year 2020. Astounding. And when you say record, are you talking about like record setting for the COVID era or all time? We requested the records for the last five years and uh, the the – Jump between record setting for the last five years. The more businesses sure. opened in 2020 than did 2016, 17, 18, or 19. Uh, it was a, about a 5,000 uh, more businesses, about you know, more than 80,000 businesses opened in 2020. I mean, just wrap your head around that. 80,000 new businesses in a time when mostly we're doing reports about everybody's shutting their doors because they yeah. can't make ends meet. Are there any trends in these new types of businesses? As soon as you share these numbers, my, my mind starts thinking, okay, what have been what have been the new business opportunities responding to COVID nineteen? Yeah, and what's it's new? Really, really hard to say. Sure. Um, as far as because you know, if you wanted to register, you know. Lee Lonsbury LLC. That doesn't necessarily a, say what that business does, right? and that's a new business. Right, and that's a new business. Right, um, and so the ant, but the the general. So the, the, what we do know because you have to be li- the jobs that you have to be licensed for. Where they've seen the biggest uptick is real estate. So we're seeing a ton of new uh, people get into the real estate world, and then also a lot of uh, financial people, the financial sector. So a lot of people who take your money and turn it into more money. So we've seen a lot of people getting licensed in kind of those, and those are sorts of the sorts of jobs where you probably are working independently. Um, and so I think, and as we talked to, we, we talked to um, both the, the Utah Department of Commerce as well as uh, an, a guy who works with AARP and also used to work with the Joe Biden campaign uh, as a business advisor who says that really across the country what you're seeing in these times of strife and these time, times of struggle, and this has been the case throughout history, um, when you have to adapt, you're finding people with ways to adapt. So you're seeing everything from, yeah, the, the guy or gal who's got a couple of an idea and wants to turn it into an Etsy store out yeah. of their basement uh, to people who are really coming up with kind of ingenious ways to, okay, people don't want to do touch points. So what are we going to do here? How are we going to facilitate just the transportation of goods? Um, and you've seen some of this out in public just in the number of, um, you know, maybe you don't see as many Uber drivers, but you see more food delivery drivers. Sure. Maybe you don't see as much, um, you know, places where you can pick up uh, your packages. Uh, it just, so you're just basically seeing this innovation. You're seeing people where there's a need and also the catalyst of, well, there's a need for this product or service that maybe I've had an idea for a while, but also I'm not making an income right now. So I guess I better do something. I better figure something out. Yeah. And I guess what we're seeing here in this essentially a laboratory, you compress the timeline and these types of trends, these human traits uh, kind of come to the surface and these 
uh, you know, this record-setting number of new businesses here in the state of Utah exemplifying exactly that, the goodness we got in us. If yeah. we're up against it, we're going to in- innovate our way out of it. Yeah, and the Department of Commerce and, and Governor Cox have spoken largely about they want this to be the startup state. And so a lot of that comes from maybe getting regular regulators out of the way you know, when, when not necessary in order to allow these things to get going and have just some of the services of like, how can we streamline, how can we make the process easier to actually, you know, get the red tape out of your way to get you, you know, you have your idea, you're not ripping anybody off. And we, and we do have to have some regulation in place to make sure you're not ripping anybody off sure. and that you have enough, you know, whatever funds to make sure you're meeting your obligations and things like that. But, but for the most part, how can we, how can we help you get going as opposed to, you know, waving that finger at you. And, you know, the numbers in Utah don't lie. It, it is working. Yeah, outstanding. Listen, Matt Gephardt, thank you so much for uh, your work here and your conversation. Uh, look forward to, to much more reporting on KSL television as well as uh, when you have time joining us here I love it. on KSL News Radio. You, know, you hear stories like this and uh, that $1.5 billion uh, surplus enjoyed by the state of Utah makes a little bit more sense, huh? We're going to take a break right now, and when we return, uh, we're going to be speaking with uh, Senator Derek Kitchen, who wants your blood. No, literally, he and others are putting out a call to Utahns to donate blood. The need remains, and the need, in fact, is greater than ever. Why is he involved himself in this effort? We'll discuss it with him next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.